Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. God's manual for success. What is God's manual for success? I haven't held this up in a while like this on a Sunday morning like an old school preacher, but here it is. Everything you need to know to serve God and walk right with Him and walk in good standing with others and good standing with the law and be a good citizen and be forgiving and be the best you can possibly be as God's creation and His child is in here. This is God's manual for success. I'm going to say it again. And you know I always talk about You say, man, Pastor Matt, again, yes. If you're not reading your Bible every day, start now. Start now. Start after the service today. Start this afternoon. Because you will come to a point in your life where you need faith, and in that moment it's hard to build your faith. Building faith takes, takes time. I remember when COVID hit, and we'd, we'd felt a warning from God. God had spoken to Dad. 2019 said, get ready. Something crazy is happening next year. We had no idea what it was going to be. Prepare yourself. Repent. Get right with God. Some people laughed. Some people said, okay, I'm going to get into the Word. But here, that's an example because you've got to get into the Word now because you don't know exactly what's coming. Hard times are coming for the world. Mark my words. More importantly, mark the Word of God. There's things going on right now. You don't have to be afraid about it. God's going to take care of you. You be a tither, a giver. You stay connected to believers. You stay connected to God's Word. You're going to be okay. God is always taking care of His people. Did you know back in the day when the Babylonian army came and carried away most of Israel, there were those who stayed behind and God blessed them and protected them. And they had their families and their lives and they had their yards and their homes and they were taken care of. And many were taken off to Babylon to exile. God always takes care of those who will seek Him, I promise you. And there were some who were carried to Babylon and God gave them great lives there, even though they were carried away from their homes and it was part of God's judgment. They thrived there and they prayed for the welfare of the country of uh, the empire of Babylon. So remember, there's no true lasting success apart from God and his word. Somebody say amen. Before I go on, before I forget, yesterday was Ms. Debbie's birthday. Would you give the Lord a clap offering for Ms. Debbie? We love her. <laughs> Ms. Debbie has a, a very unique history and resume. She's done several different careers in her life and she's a a full-time mom now, and she's adopted amazing, beautiful kids that are part of this church family. And Ms. Debbie, I see her as one of the moms and pillars of this church. She's been here a long time. So be praying for her. Give her a hug today after church. Tell her you love her. She's a valuable part of our lives and this ministry. And how many of you know birthdays are important? Because it's another year that God gave you. It's that simple. So let me say it again. There's no true lasting success apart from God and His Word. Are you with me? I'm going to say this again later in the message, but self-help apart from God, hear me, is a scam. Now I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk, I'm going to use a cuss word, C-R-A-P. It spells crap. For those of you who are not superb spellers, this will never be in the spelling bee. I'm not teaching how to spell. But listen, self-help apart from God is bull crud. It's worse than a dunghill. It smells bad, and it's man's and the devil's wisdom. Men's wisdom and the wisdom of Satan, they, they meet a lot, and they're not God's wisdom. Scripture says wisdom apart from God is sensual and devilish. Sensual and devilish. Where is that? In the book of James? 
sensual, the King James Version says. It's based on senses. It's based on eroticism. It's based on perversion. The wisdom of the world. The wisdom, here's the wisdom of the world. Look how stupid this sounds. No. This, this is old news. It's not new. But there's a man of God who's written a book. His name is Jonathan Kahn. And it's, I believe it's called The Return of the Gods. For years, because of Christianity worldwide, actual idol worship as a whole had stopped. But now it's back. Did you know there are those in America who worship the goddess Ishtar? Her name in the Old Testament was Asherah. Remember the Asherah poles that God hated in the Old Testament? Her name is also Venus or Aphrodite, the goddess of love and fertility. And guess what? That's the goddess that the LGBTQ plus whatever worships. Mm -hmm. And she's also one of the goddesses of pride. And it's interesting how June is Gay Pride Month. And back in the day, those who worshipped Asherah, you know what they did? They would dress up as the opposite sex. They were doing trans whatever thousands of years ago. It's nothing new, and people think they're onto something. And you know what Satan said in the Garden of Eden, basically? He said, you can be God. That's new now. You're not God. You can be Christ-like, but you're not God. We make a pathetic, sad excuse for God. See, that's the modern way is worship yourself as God. But there are those, there are communities online, and they call them, they're proud to call themselves pagans now, and they worship Ishtar. It's there. Look into it if you want. You don't believe me, look into it. People are back to Baal, Baal worship and Ishtar worship and Asherah worship. It's all back. And Baal worship is tied heavily into pornography. Can you believe that? Nothing new under the sun. Incredible. So I'm going to give you God's manual for success. And the divine is not in you if you haven't accepted Jesus. A lot of self-help says, you're the divine. The divinity is in you. Namaste. That means the divinity in me recognizes the divinity in you. There's no divinity in, in you apart from Jesus. When you accept Jesus, the divine by God's Holy Spirit is in you. All right? I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Maybe it's not you. It might be for those online. But the world now, it's all back to idol and God worship. It is. And it's full of sensual, devilish wisdom. So, first step today in getting into God's manual for success, and I need to tell you right now, without this, you don't receive, and that is stay humble. Stay teachable. You don't have it all figured out. You will never get to the place in your life ever where you do not need someone speaking into your life. It may be less than before, but you will always need someone to speak truth into your life because you don't have it all figured out. God created us to be part of the body of Christ. You will never be an island just isolated and say, I know it all. No, you got to stay humble. Without humility, you only receive a fraction of what God has planned for you. Are you with me? Just a fraction of it. So you say, man, how do I be humble? Well, you don't have to fake it. I know many times there's, there's false humility. I've seen people and they're faking humility. And they fake it and it's just weird. It's like, you're not really humble, but you're making it weird now. And you're acting humble, but you're not. No, humility comes from the heart and you simply say, I don't know everything. I'm going to tell you right now, in my mid-40s and beyond, I'm past my mid-40s now. And it's like every day I realize how little I know. <laughs> Any of y'all felt that way? The older you get, you're wiser than you've ever been. Praise God, or you should be, right? And you go, man, I don't know much. 
I asked my dad stuff. We called Jen's mom and dad and asked, I asked folks. I asked folks that are younger than me that know more about certain things, certain areas, because I don't know. You got to stay humble. And did you know that I can even learn from foolish people? We'll get into that in a minute. I learned what not to do from them. Let's go to Proverbs 16, 19. Proverbs 16, 19. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. You're around someone who's bragging a lot? That's strange. That's not normal. Society has made that the new normal. They do humble bragging on Instagram now. Man, I've been giving my tithes. You know, that's cool. I know what you mean. But, you know. Man, well, I'm giving all my stuff away to the poor. Okay. Is that for likes or is that for God? Right? Scripture says don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So you got to give. And I know we call you up to the front to give, but that's between you and God. That's a holy moment. We don't know how much you're giving. I don't. I don't check and see how much you're giving. That's between you and God. And there's all these other times you give and serve and nobody else knows. Nobody in here knows and you're doing it. And that is a, an offering to God. God receives it. Because when you treat one of the least of these, my brethren, that's what Jesus said. When you're good to one of these in prison or jail or someone needs water or needs food or they need clothing, you've done that for me. And remember, giving and serving will help you stay humble. Giving and serving. Better to live humbly with the poor than to share plunder with the proud. See, right here you say, wow, there's plunder. There's all these riches, but i got to be proud and act crazy and be with these people that I, I don't really fit in with. No, it's better to be around the humble. You can learn a good lesson from the humble. Let's go to James 4, 6. This is talking about the Lord. Look, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Grace is God's undeserved favor. It's also God's empowerment to do what's right. So stay humble and God will continue to empower you. You ever get to the place and you go, mm -mm, I'm not hearing from you anymore about the things of God. I've had people tell me that before. They've, had, they've, they've done this to me in the spirit or in person. I've had it happen. They've said, I don't want to hear about it anymore. And I say, great. I'll save my breath. I release you to God. Or, Scripture even talks, the Apostle Paul said he turned over some people to the devil so that they'd make it to heaven, basically. Say, I'm going to let you go into a trial now. You don't want to listen, that's up to you. If you've ever been around someone who doesn't listen, they're not successful in so many areas, no matter how vehemently they deny it. Have you seen those? They don't listen to anybody, but they're not good at anything. They're not good at relationships. They're struggling with this. They're struggling with that, but they know everything. You ever had someone ask you for advice and get mad at you when you tell them the truth? Maybe you've done it. Maybe we all have. Hoping they would, their advice would line up with what I'd already planned. I remember being a kid, being a young man, even asking mom and dad and say, no, here's what you need to do. I was like, man, dang, well, well, shoot, you know, that's irritating, but I know they're right. All right. Stay humble. Remember, the most decent people, the easiest to be around, the easiest to be around are the humble. Let's go to Psalm 3711 in the New American Standard. If we have that, we do. Praise God. Thanks for downloading that. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. One translation says, in prosperity and peace. One says, peaceful prosperity. Isn't that great? Scripture says, God, the Lord makes rich. He adds blessing. He blesses you. And he adds no sorrow with it. How about dealing drugs? Is that wise? Nope, there's always sorrow. 
You can look at all these cool drug dealers and they're cool. I'm being funny, right? And sarcastic. Isn't, what was his name? Pablo Escobar? Was it the famous Colombian drug dealer? How old did he die at? How old was he? Does anybody know? Was he even 40? Maybe 40s? Wow, he was a pretty old drug dealer. But he died naked like on a roof. They shot him. It's just terrible. Just hardly any clothes on. I don't know. It was crazy. Sad. Disappointing. That's not God's kind of success, is it? It's not. But look at this. The humble will inherit the land. One translation says the meek. Most translations say meek. The humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant, abundant prosperity. The humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Are you still with me? So remember, it makes you appealing when you're humble. I've been around people and I'm like, what is it that's so special about them? Oh, they're humble. I had the distinct privilege and pleasure of meeting and knowing, not knowing him real well, but Ralph Tasker. Some of you knew him. And they named the arena after him. It's still Ralph Tasker Arena. The band was Taskervich. I guess that makes it sound European, Taskervich. You know, Ralph Tasker. And I remember we met him one time. My mom came with me to school for something to meet my teachers or something. You know, do they still have those parent-teacher nights? They came, and, and mom was like, you acting right? I think it was my junior year. And a guy walked by and, like, gave me a hug, and I didn't even really know him. And then look how humble he was. Mom, mom goes, who is he? Does he work in maintenance here? Who is that? I said, Mom, that's Ralph Tasker. She goes, wow, he is so humble and kind. I go, I know. And he just talked to you. And he never called the arena Ralph Tasker Arena. He called it Eagle Jim. To the day of his death, he said Eagle Jim. Humble. Look at all the success. I was there in my 10th grade year when he won his 1,000th game. Amazing. Talented, gift, gifted, successful. Much of it because he was humble. Now, this stay humble ties into number two here. This is my intro for the series. Number two, seek God's wisdom. I hinted earlier that self-help from the world is a scam. It is. Why? Because it doesn't transform you. Those of you, I'm, I, may, I may be speaking to someone on the live stream today. You've been into self-help apart from God's wisdom. Has it transformed you? No, it hasn't. You're the same. Maybe worse. You just get stuck in a rut. You're spinning your wheels. You ever been, someone asked me if they're going to need a 4x4 four four for, the, for the men's retreat. Oh, that'd be a good idea, but... A you know, two-wheel drive truck will be fine for where we're going. But you ever been in a truck and it just did this or a car? Just All it does is throw mud everywhere. Makes life miserable for everyone around you when you're spinning your wheels not doing anything. And it's crazy. The ones who are spinning the wheels many times, folks have come around them and said, here's how you do better. Ah, I got it. I got it. I'm not going to listen to nobody. Okay. Seek God's wisdom. Ask for help. Really listen. When you ask for help, really listen. Learn from those with more experience. I mentioned to you earlier, I've learned from kids. I've learned from fools. Absolute fools that didn't do much right because they didn't listen to anyone. And I learned by watching them, I said, I'm not going to do that. I learned from everyone. Let's go to Proverbs 4.7. Seek God's wisdom. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Isn't that interesting? And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. 
Hmm, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. How do I get wisdom? Get around godly people. Get connected with the right people. Stay in the word. Come to church. Stay connected, period. That's how you get God's wisdom. You start practicing it as well. That's one of the ways you say, man, I'm going to do something different in my life. I've done all this and expected better results by doing the same thing. No, I'm going to do something different now and get different results. Let's go to Proverbs 2.1. I'm going to read several verses to you. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. Hmm. For the Lord grants wisdom. Who gives wisdom? God gives wisdom. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Some people just want knowledge, but they never apply it. They're full of knowledge, full of knowledge, full of knowledge. That's why you as a believer, you come to church, you listen to the word, and you need to apply it. That's when it becomes knowledge, okay? I mean, that's when your knowledge becomes wisdom. I apologize. So remember, it takes time, but it's worth it. Let me say something real quick. I believe it was Eric. He's in... He's in uh, He's teaching the kiddos today, King's kids. It was his week. But I believe he told me something he heard. It was choose your heart. Staying fit is hard. But having to get fit and being unfit is hard as well. Learning is challenging. But being ignorant is more challenging. And I'm adding to what he told me. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. We put a video up here years ago for the surge and for the discipleship classes, and it was, it's hard now, so it can, it can be a little easier later. I said, man, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. The Olympians that win the gold medal and stand on the podium, it was real hard. They were all alone training and swimming. I don't know how they do that. So dedicated. But I'm going to do that with God's Word. I go on vacation, I read, I read the Word. I read the Word. Say, why? Because you've you got you to stay up on your one-year Bible. Well, that's part of it. It's a challenge. You've got to stay with the day and not fall behind and all that. That's great. But my goal is I've got to stay in the Word every day because I don't want to become a strange, vague, weird example of what I really should be. I want to be solid. I want to really be who God called me to be. I never want to be an imitation. I don't want to be an imitation. I want to be real. I want to be right with God. I want to be humble, and I'm going to seek God's wisdom now. That's why my nose is in the Word, and it takes me a little longer on vacation or when I'm distracted. I'm with my wife. I'm talking. We're having so much fun. We're laying on a beach or whatever, and it takes me a while, but I get through the one-year Bible every day, even while I'm on vacation, unless some crazy thing happens. I'm there reading. Why? Because I desire God's wisdom. I seek Him above all else. Because if I'm not good at getting God's word into me, I'm not going to be a good husband. I'm not good at getting God's word into me. I'm not going to be a good pastor or friend or neighbor or uncle or dad someday by God's grace or friend or leader. If I don't get God's word into me, listen to this. I don't know who this is for. If I don't get God's word into me, I'm even a terrible example of what a stranger should be. You're what? Yeah, because I meet people that no one else sees me meet them, and I get the chance to be kind. That's wisdom. I get the chance to be loving. That's wisdom. Did you know I love people's names? 
I don't care what, who they are or what they're doing. They're cleaning out the pool. They're picking up something. They're shoveling dirt. Say, hey, how's it going? I don't always do it, but I like to get their name because they're important to God, so they need to be important to me. That's seeking God's wisdom. That's seeking God's wisdom. I want to be a man of character when I'm all alone or when I'm all alone with my wife or when I'm in a crowd. I want to be a man of character and God's wisdom. And the only way to get there is God's manual for success. His word. Someone say his word. Uh huh. So number one today is stay humble. Number two, seek God's wisdom. Let's go to Proverbs 24, uh, 13. My child, eat honey, for it is good. You don't want to eat too much, though. We'll get into that some other day. Eat honey, for it is good. This is a great example. And the honeycomb is sweet to the taste. In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future, and your hopes will not be cut, what? Short. Saw a young man. He went to school here. Years ago, he went to the military style academy when we had that we had a grade school here and i'll never forget he had trouble with teachers i don't know if he had a great relationship with his dad i really loved him though he was always respectful to me but i'll never forget thinking man this kid is so foolish he's not respectful and his mom told him one time she said oh mijo don't ever let anyone disrespect you and i remember her thinking that was wisdom several months back he got into a scuffle with a cop. He shot a cop, but he got killed. He got to the place where everybody was disrespecting him. And I love that kid. But do you see the foolishness? He could still be alive if he would have sought God's wisdom, and he had a chance here. That's a sad and awful example. I'm not making fun or making light. I know his mom is heartbroken. I know his family, probably his girlfriend, those he left behind. I don't know if he had kids. But that's terrible. And you know, when you don't get wisdom, you suffer for it the most, but people around you suffer too. Seek God's wisdom. And number three this morning, man, you got to take ownership. You got to take ownership. You do. It's personal responsibility. Look at Proverbs 28 13. You got to take personal responsibility. We're in, a, we're in a season now, we're in a generation, we're in a time in history, a very strange era where personal responsibility is being laughed at and shunned. And you're called a hater if you call people to be responsible. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But look at this, here's responsibility. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. That's taking ownership, isn't it? Say, man, I'm wrong, I, I sinned personal responsibility hmm. you know people want others to grow them my wife and i were talking on vacation there's this man of god he wrote a powerful book i think it's called the divine mentor he's talking about how people will leave a church because they'll, they'll come and tell you and i've had people tell me they say i'm leaving because i can't grow here i've never seen anyone leave with that attitude and go grow somewhere else because why it's them i can't grow you knucklehead I want to hang from a tree and pull your legs and arms and make you stretch out? Or how can I do that in the Spirit? Force feed you with the Word? I cannot make you grow. I can feed the Word. I can edify and build, but it's always your choice whether you're going to receive it or grow or not. Take ownership. I remember a guy who was a grown man one time. He said that too. It got back to me. And I loved the guy. He loved God. I don't know whatever happened to him. 
But I just noticed that he got stagnant after he left here. Hey, there's other churches in town. There's other churches in the United States. But if you're called to be planted somewhere, you stay so that you grow. Those who are planted in the house of our Lord, our God, will grow. Not people who are transplanting themselves every one or two months. You don't grow. It's like, man, I'm going to work out in the gym. I want to get my muscles to grow. But mm, I'm going to just work out every other month. Or I'm going to work out six months, take six months off or a year off. No, it doesn't work that way. So you've got to take ownership. I can't make people grow. I can't make people grow. If you're still struggling with stuff you were struggling with 20 years ago, it's time to start growing now. It's time to get, get beyond that. It's time to give it to God. I know it's quiet in here, but you know that your pastor loves you. I love you from the bottom of my heart, and I love you so much that I will have the hard conversations with you. And I will tell you the truth that it's time to start growing. If, if you ran into me and, and you had met me 20 years ago and you go, Man, dang, Matt, you act just like you did when you were 24 and you started pastoring, we'd have a problem. It'd be strange if my niece stayed this height forever, huh? She's growing, though. I just saw Mika over here. She's 10 now. You're a lot taller than you used to be. She's growing. That's normal. All truth is parallel. You grow in the physical. Some of you guys are like, well, but I've grown, I've grown right here a little bit. That's okay. That's part of life. That's part of life. Do less on the powdered donuts, whatever you got to do. I love you. You're holding your weight. You look good. God bless you, but take care of yourself so that you're healthy, all right? That's okay. That's okay. But you've got to take ownership sometime, don't you? Say, I, I need to grow. Is it hot in here? Y'all okay? I'm working, I'm working up a sweat, I guess. <laughs> Just making sure. Whoa! Our dog who's in heaven now, Gentry, used to go, ooh. Tell him, don't bark. He'd go, ooh. Use your inside voice. He'd, no bark. He had this huge, sound like a Rottweiler's golden retriever, and he'd go, ooh. I'd say, Jen, is he grumbling? She goes, no, he's trying not to bark. He's still talking. It's time now, with God's help, for you to take ownership and grow. You don't want to be in the same place two, three, four years from now. Let me read you Galatians 6.4. Look at this. Galatians 6.4. I'm almost going to close here. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Isn't that interesting? For we are each responsible for our own conduct. They made me act that way. They made, no, uh-uh. You know what I love about Scripture? From the beginning of the Old Testament, God loved to say this to his people. He said, I am the Lord, your God. He was always a very personal God. He was about personal accountability, responsibility, and actions. That's why the framework, even for our legal system, people don't realize it or they forget. It comes from Old Testament law. We don't practice in person an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but the law does. You're, you're, you're drunk driving and you hurt somebody, then there's a penalty for that. You get into a fight and knock their tooth out, you may have to go to jail. Well, the old school, you know what they would do? They'd take people before the judge. You knocked his tooth out, they would knock your tooth out. That's crazy. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's crazy, huh? Well, the government has power to do that so that they can administrate and administer justice. But it helps us to take ownership when there's penalties. Okay? Now, 
many times you won't ever even have to get into that if you'll just take ownership for your actions. And it all starts with number one, stay humble. Someone say, stay humble. Let's put that on the screen. Stay humble. Oh, I love those letters. They're huge. Stay humble. Say it again. Someone say, seek God's wisdom. Oh, man, I love how big those words are. Number three, take ownership. Let's bow our heads and pray today. I believe you've heard the word. I believe it's fallen on good ground. And I believe God has a purpose for your life, as always. And it's just going to get better if you'll seek him. Sound of my voice today. If there is anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior publicly, and I need to do it today. I don't want to die and go to hell. If that's you, raise your hand, and I will pray with you. If you've never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of your life, I will pray with you today. God bless you. All right. Just to make sure, though, for those listening, those on the live stream, those listening to the recording hereafter, Let's repeat the sinner's prayer. Let's repeat it and let's mean it from our hearts. This is for somebody. You say, man, it's not for me, Pastor. I've done this. I'm walking with God now. I'm a believer. Well, then this is for someone else. Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, say, I believe that apart from you, I can do nothing. Say, without you, I'm a sinner. I can't make it without you. I need your forgiveness. Say, I confess and I believe that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior. He's God in the flesh, and he died and rose again for me. In Jesus' name, forgive me of my sin, Lord. Cleanse me. Say, I thank you that I'm saved from hell. I'm saved from my past, and I'm saved from sin. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want everybody to stand to their feet in this house and look at me. I'm going to pray with you before we do our offering today and announcements before we wrap up this service. And you can look at me while I talk to you just briefly. And that is stay humble, seek God's wisdom, and take ownership. I don't know who this is for today. Stop blaming people. You've been out your mom's house for so long now. Stop blaming for the way they raised. Stop blaming them for the way they raised you. It's done. It's time to forgive them. Time to forgive mom and dad. They were crazy, or you were involved in abuse, whether it was at home or other places. It's time to forgive people. Stop blaming them for your actions. I've seen people go through tragedy and stop serving God. Start blaming Him, and they're not taking ownership. I know you've been through it. I know nobody's life in here has been easy. Nobody in here was born with a silver spoon in their mouth and just had everything. Some were more privileged than others, but we've all had aspects of our lives that were hard. You've got to give those things to God. You've got to trust Him. You've got to believe, and you've got to take ownership. Stop blaming other people. And stop blaming yourself. You say, man, I messed up, I messed up. It's time to get over it. Time to take ownership, confess, confess it, take it to God, and leave that sin behind. Are you with me? Raise your hands this morning. Close your eyes. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, your people are humble. You've seen how they responded to the word today. These folks are amazing. They're chosen. You've given them a purpose and a plan and a design for their lives. God, I've had the unique and amazing and awesome privilege of being able to speak the word and remind them of the word. But what's amazing is much of it they know already. You've already placed it in their hearts. They already have experience in your word. Lord, let it be a good review, a reminder, And let them walk out transformation according to your word as they put you first. 
and take ownership. Thank you for your manual for success. Help us to be successful in every area. We're called to be examples in everything we do. We trust you. We praise you. And I thank you for next week's message as it comes, Lord God. And as Pastor Jen brings it in the English next Sunday, Father God, let it fall on good ground as well. I pray in advance. And I thank you for your goodness. We trust you. And the blood of Jesus over Jonathan as he speaks in the Spanish next Sunday, Father God, as well, while we're on the men's retreat. We give you all the glory today. We honor you in Jesus' name.